Welcome to the Turning Point Church Podcast. We pray that this message takes root in your heart and bears fruit in your life. For additional messages and other resources, you can visit us at www.tpoint.church. The changing of the year this year is different. And we've got to pay attention to the significance of it because it's not just the conclusion of a year. We're looking at the conclusion and the beginning of an entire decade. Dates have been important to the Lord. Look at the Bible to Numbers. The guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. He said these things would be signs. Remember, he, we, we talked about this over Christmas, but he said he, he put the, the lesser lights in the sky on the fourth day. He created the stars. And he said these will be signs unto you for what? For seasons, times, and dates. <clears throat> things that we have to pay attention to and, and recognize that God is working and he's working his will in the earth. There's some things that are significant. There's things right away that I pay attention to, uh, and that is the, even the year 2020, uh, which combined equals 40. How many of y'all know the significance of, of, the number, of the number 40? Here's what we're always cautious to do. We recognize God in everything. We recognize God in it, but we don't worship that thing above, above God. We don't worship the numbers for the sake of the, of, of the numbers. Because if you get so caught up in the numbers and forget the fact that no man knows the day, not even the sun when Jesus will return, we'll put too much weight and too much faith into the numbers instead of the God of the numbers. For 2020, I pay attention to that because it's 40. I don't know what all that means. I do know biblically that the 40 was used as, as testing times, the number 40 uh, was used to represent 40 days of rain. It was 40 days, uh, 40 years in the wilderness, remember, of Israel. It was 40 days uh, in the wilderness that the Spirit of God led Jesus into the wilderness. Uh, 40 days of fasting by Elijah. Remember, the spies were, were sent into the promised land for 40, for 40 days. Nineveh, if they didn't repent, would be overthrown in 40 days. Uh, the fasting by Jesus uh, and, and Jesus appearing 40 days again after the resurrection. All the symbolism that's in it um, is important to us. And there's two things that I want to, to recognize here, and that is the, the number 40, not just what it means in the time of those 40 weeks, days, years, however you want to put it, is also what happened at the end of those 40 days, weeks, or years. At the conclusion of it, there was tied to a time or an item, some event of blessing, of blessing. When Jesus came out of the wilderness after praying, being led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days, the word said that a fame over him went throughout the land. It went throughout the land. Remember, after 40 years in the wilderness with Israel, what happened? They stepped into the promise. They stepped into the promise. So there are things that are tied to the testing. I believe that there are some in this, in this congregation and in the body of Christ through the time of testing is coming to a conclusion in 2020 so that we can step into the things that God has for us. I believe it. I believe it with all of my heart. Amen. Yeah, God is good. He is good. He is good. The enemy has tried to, to make us think at times that, that everything is just a test and all we'll ever experience in this life is just, is just test after trial. But God shows his goodness through those tests. Guess what? He also shows his wonders through his goodness to us. In fact, I believe God can show us more through his goodness than he can through our trials. I said I believe God can show us more of himself through his goodness than the trials. I don't want to be a trial-minded believer. I want to be a spirit-minded believer where I'm just dependent. Man, if I don't have this trial, I'm not going to learn this lesson. God Almighty, God, show us things through your goodness, through your wonders, through your awesome. God is a good God. I want to believe for the good things. <laughs> 
I want to believe like Paul and Silas did. That praise and worship God even though they were in prison. Even in the midst of not a great situation. There was something in them. And what happened? What happened because of their response in the middle of the test? God showed up in a big way. He shook the prison, opened the doors, saved the captive. Oh, my goodness. Lord God, do it all. <laughs> I'm of testing that is giving. Happened at the conclusion of this 40. The time of testing that is giving way. The changing over of a decade. These are three uns, not nuns, uns that God gave me this morning. Can I share them with you? Man, I feel like a prophetic preacher this morning. I'm telling you what. Maybe it's because there was a lot of prophetic gifts flowing this last week. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, praise God, some of that may have rubbed off. But here are some of the things that I have uh, for you this morning that God is, God is speaking to me. I said, God, don't I need to save this for the new year? He said, no, you need to get ready for the new year. The three uns, U-N-S, that God, has, that God has, has been speaking to us. I want to share them with you. The first un is this, the unknown. The unknown. Everybody say the unknown. Psalm 40, verse 5 says this. Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done. The things that you have planned for us, no one can compare with you. And I will speak and tell of your deeds. Many, my Lord, are the wonders you have done, and none can compare with you. Did you know that there are things that we don't know? Did you know that there are things that we don't know? And no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and it hasn't even entered into the thoughts of man what God has conceived for us. Holy Spirit has been sent to us to be the perfect guide. Jesus spoke of the Holy There are things, the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. There are things that we don't know yet. There are some people that don't want to be put into a situation where they're uncomfortable or where there are things that they don't know. And let me tell you something. What God is revealing more and more in my life is that there is more and more that I am completely clueless about. There are experiences and encounters in him that I have not had. There are things, there are, uh, there are things in the spirit that I have not experienced before. There are things of his word. There are truths of his word that have not penetrated this mind and this heart yet to a degree that I can say that is a part of my life. There are elements that are still lacking. Well, they're all truthful. I believe we're, we'd all say the same thing. There are things that I just don't know yet. Some people don't want to be put in a position where that knowledge is challenged because we want to know and we want to have a plan and we want to have it all together. We want to have answers for everything. We want to make sure, we want to try and foolproof this as much as possible. We try to do it in our lives. We try to do it in our calendar. We try to do it in the planning for the next year. We try to do it. How can we make this as foolproof as possible? That's foolproof, like F-O-O-L, like fool. Like, well, God takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And we try to make it foolproof. And the thing is, I like what David said about being a fool. I will do this and more, actually. Remember when he came into the city, he danced before the Lord. He had a linen ephod, and it was, it was kind of scandalous the way that he danced before the Lord coming into the city. At least some thought it that way, especially his wife, Michael. He gets up to his home, and where he should have support instead, there is a negative word toward him that says, you have made yourself a fool before your kingdom today. And David's response was, it was my God who made me king in place of your father. And it is before 
him that I have danced. I didn't dance before you, and I didn't dance before the people of this kingdom this morning. That's not what I have done. What I have done is I have danced before the Lord, and when the presence of the Lord was coming into the city, I was going to give the best of my praise to him. I was dancing before him. It was before him that I danced. It was before him that I worshiped. God, by his grace and by his mercy, I believe, brings us into situations and circumstances where we have no earthly clue. Why? Because once you know, it's not wondrous anymore. It no longer ceases to be a wonder. Just ask anybody who's ever been to the Grand Canyon. It was wondrous until they laid eyes on it, but they're like, okay, yeah, I've seen it. I don't have to go back. I've seen it. God has wonders for his people. He has wonders for the people in this house. He has wonders that he wants to display. Wonders do just that. They make you wonder. What? What is going on? Let me give some example. We were in situations this week in revival where there were demonic spirits that were being cast out. There's some Christians that don't want to be around that whatsoever. They don't want to be a part of it. And you're missing, <laughs> you're missing at least a quarter of Jesus' ministry on earth and part of the declaration that he gave to us, his disciples, when he left. We're, 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 missing, we're missing that. We're, we're, we're missing that, that element, because, and, we're, and we're afraid of it because there are things that we don't know. You know that any child in this room, believer in this room, armed with one thing, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, can heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out the demons, heal the lepers, cause blind eyes to see, the deaf to hear, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Jesus said, don't forbid the children to come unto me. In fact, you need to come to the, the kingdom like a child. Not childish. There's a difference. But like a child. A child that just says yes a child that is just in awe and wonder of what God is doing. There are things I saw this week, to be honest, I didn't understand in the natural. I didn't understand it. So what am I supposed to do in that moment? What am I supposed to do? My responsibility is to submit it unto the Lord. My responsibility is to submit it to him and say, and say, and say, God, this is, this is your thing. Is it glorifying you? If it's glorifying you, then yes. Then yes. Remember, there was a, there was a group of, of people that weren't even the disciples, and they were casting out demons. They were healing the sick, and the disciples came to them and, and said, hey, Master, Jesus, these guys are doing this. What are we supposed to do with them? They're glorifying God. Let them be. Glorifying God. There are things that are unknown to us. It doesn't mean that God wants to keep it from our life. I want to know if there's any open believers with me that want to be used by God, want to see the things of God, don't care what it costs, don't care what it looks like, sounds like, Lord Jesus, come. Lord Jesus, come. Lord Jesus, come. Do your work in us. God, do a wondrous thing. Lord, we're looking for your wonders, your signs. <laughs> There were words of knowledge that were given this week. It was a joy to be a part of it. It was a joy to minister at this, at this revival. But there were things that were a part of this week, words of knowledge that were given in such accurate detail. How many uh, that, that, were, that were there can attest to that? In such accurate detail. 
Can I tell? Can I tell one of them? Is it okay? Can I? Can I? Can I tell one of them? This is the. This is the works of God, and God uses people who are willing to set aside their reputation for His glory. It takes faith to step out in faith. It takes a willingness to risk your name for the sake of His name. Huh. I don't even like to use the word risk. I only like to use the word faith. Because it wasn't risky for Peter to step out of the boat if Jesus is the one who gave him the word. It wasn't a risk. It wasn't a risk. We say it's a risk because we don't know. Because it's still a no to us. But it's faith. One of the things, the word began to speak to the prophet. He said, he said I'm beginning to see this name, uh, Armstrong, Armstrong, Armstrong. Tyler, have you even heard about this? Little bit, little bit. Pastor Tyler wasn't even there. Um, he's our, our youth pastor now. He's he's children's pastor. He and his he and his wife, um, and and the man of God began to 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 talk about uh, uh, his last name. He said, "There's someone." He's like almost I can see him. There's someone in your congregation uh, who is uh, his name is is Armstrong, and he's a uh, uh, God. God expects him. He's going to be a mighty man of God. God is doing something significant in his life. Just so happens his his dad, Big Armstrong, was there was there at the service, and so he came up. The man laid hands on him as a, as a stand-in, as a, as a point of contact. Uh, Mr. Mr. Greg was, was speaking in tongues, praying in the Holy Spirit. I saw him be, being touched by the Holy Spirit of God. Yes, speaking in tongues. Crazy. God used that to say to you, Ty, detail. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Even to get that word to you, to you, Tyler. You, didn't even, you weren't even in the building. Doesn't that cause you to wonder? Lord, how in the world? Specific detail. And then he said, he said I'm also seeing a, 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 a girl by the name Madison. Madison. Her name's Madison. And he was making this motion with his belly. Who's, it's his wife, Madison, who is pregnant. Beautiful things. That word of knowledge, I was, I was, we were talking about it. I was talking about it with, with, with one of my friends. We were talking about the, the goodness of the Lord and how he uses these things. God uses these things to get our attention. Listen, if, if God is showing someone that so accurately, when he begins to give the prophetic part of that message, which is talking about the future and things to come, if God could speak to a mere mortal man about the details of a young man's life so accurately, wouldn't it be right then for us to believe that the following, being a mighty man of God, is also just as true? That the anointing that God has on his life is just as true. It's just as true. That word of knowledge was a setup. It was a setup. Remember, the woman at the well. Come on, let's get the Bible on this. The woman at the well. Jesus came to this woman. She comes out. Jesus says, woman. I think that's the way he said it. I don't know. Where's your husband? She said, I have no husband. He said, you're right in saying that you have no husband. For you have had five, and the one that you are with now is not even your husband. <laughs> Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. You're right, lady. You got it. You perceive correctly. She runs into town. Come. Meet a man who told me everything about me. Who told me everything about me. A complete stranger who told me who I was, and I still want you to know who he is. We think these things are foolish 
and they're not necessary, I will tell you there are things in my life that I am standing here because of a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. There were things that the Holy Spirit spoke through a vessel of God, a man or a woman of God that God used to get a message to me that has kept me firm, that has kept me on the path, that has kept me in his direction. And we say, ah, we don't need that. We don't need that. We don't need that. The unknown. There are some things that are unknown to us that God wants to reveal to us. I believe the destiny and the purpose for people in this room, you're hearing this, is because there is an itch in you that you want scratched, and that is the wonders of God, those things that are unknown, to become known. I want to be stretched. To be in those situations where I'm having to say, God, what in the world is going on here? Tongues of fire, a mighty rushing wind that's moving. What in the world is going on here? You know when that happens on the people of God? An entire city shows up at the doorstep and says, what in the world is going on here? What in the world? And the response is that just that. It is nothing of this world. It's nothing of this world. Fire and empower once again in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm not afraid to ask for it. I'm not afraid to ask for it from this platform. <laughs> Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Psalm 72, 18 and 19. Blessed be the Lord God, God of Israel who alone works wonders. And blessed is his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. Who alone works wonders. Who alone works wonders. Many men and women of God who have been used by God, the response has always been this. We get it from Peter. Remember at the gate beautiful. And what you're asking for, the man who was begging for alms, what you're asking for, I don't have. But what I do have, I give unto you. I don't have silver and gold. <laughs> but in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. I can't fix what needs fixing, but I know the one who does. I know the one who can. It's time for him to be released in his fullness. And the only way he gets released in his fullness is by the power of the Holy Spirit and his church being alive with the Holy Spirit and with power. The second un is this. The first is the unknown. And the second is this. God is funny the way he speaks. He gave me this. Unprecedented precedents. Not unprecedented presidents. That's a whole other, that's a whole other conversation. Unprecedented precedents. Unprecedented means on a level or in a way that was not before seen. Precedent is this an act that was that was an okay definition. Listen to this one. This is a judicial decision. A precedent is a judicial decision that is binding on other on all other equal or lower courts within the same jurisdiction as to its conclusion on a point of law, and it may also be persuasive to courts in other jurisdictions in subsequent cases involving sufficiently similar facts. Did we get that? Kinda. A lot of fancy words in there. It's a decision by a higher court by a Supreme Court that sets a tone, that sets an answer for all other courts in the land to follow. Sound familiar? So that in similar instances, with similar facts, the precedent has been set and therefore it is the example to follow. Therefore it is the example to follow. So, similar situation. Sickness. 
and disease. Similar facts. You be sick. Precedent. Jesus heals. Precedent. Set. Jesus heals. Jesus heals. He proved it. He proved it. The law has been established. He purchased it with blood. The covenant is signed by his blood. By his stripes, we are healed. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and by his stripes, we're healed. We're healed. That's the precedent. That's the precedent. Up to you. But I believe that Jesus is still the healer. He's the healer. He's the deliverer. Still, still, we have biblical precedents that we have no previous reference for. Legally, Jesus has made the way by his miraculous blood. Uh The mandate from heaven. The mandate, these are the precedents. It's an authoritative command from a superior court. Again, the mandate, just like the precedent that is being set. We are representatives. Listen to this. This is an, an authorization. This is us, believers. An authorization to act that is given to a representative. Authorization that is given to a, represent, a representative to act How many representatives of the kingdom do we have in the room? How many representatives of the kingdom do we have in the room? You have been given authorization to act upon the law. The law of love, of wonders. Luke 19, 11 through 13. Can you get there real fast? Luke 19, Luke 19. I want to try and get this in your spirit as quickly as I can. Luke 19, bless the Lord. I don't see Pastor Nikki yet. They must still be having service. Glory. Friday night we started at 7. We didn't leave till midnight. Yeah, do the math. That's a lot of hours. When we stop. Time flies when you're having fun. Luke 19, 11 through 13. While they were listening to these things, he went on to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem. And they supposed that the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. Remember, there are things that we don't know. They supposed it was going to appear immediately. He said, don't you already know kingdoms in your midst, man? He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went to a distant country to receive a kingdom for himself and then return. Verse 13, and he called 10 of his slaves, 10 of his servants, and gave them 10 minas and said to them, do business with this until I come back. I like the way the King James Version says this. He says, occupy until I come. Occupy until I come. In other words, here are the resources that you need to operate and grow this thing until I return. Here are the resources that you need to make this kingdom thing happen until I come back. Another version says, invest this. Invest what I've given to you and put it to work. Put it to action. That's what I love about James. James, that that teaches us about faith and works and how they're coupled together. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is lifeless. There's no life to it. There must be something, something that accompanies that faith. Otherwise, it's just, it's just talk. 
I want to read these to you very quickly. I want to keep moving because there's something else I want to share with you. And that is the, the Great Commission. Great Commission. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. These are the precedents, the examples that God gave us. Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Beautiful. There's several parts to the Great Commission. It's just not just one passage. He also had parting words in Mark chapter 16, 15 through 18. And he said to them, very similarly, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved. He who has disbelieved shall be condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Precedent. In Jesus' name, is that a word from the Lord for us? Just, 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 just tell it. I saw I keep going. We can't even get it turned off. Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. <laughs> That was actually perfect. I'm really thirsty. Luke 26, 46 through 49, he said, it is written that the Christ would come, that he would suffer. He would rise again from the dead on the third day. And that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations. Praise the Lord. Beginning in Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you. But you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Precedent. We must have his power. We must have his power. Words only go so far. Paul said, I have not come with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, power, power. Then one other precedent. <laughs> John is recording this. He records the last instructions and his final words were this. Follow me. Precedent. Follow me. Interesting that the last words to Peter, as recorded by John, were also the first words that Jesus gave to Peter. Follow me. Follow me. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And follow me at the beginning means follow me today. Follow me when you gave your life to Jesus Christ means follow me today. Follow me. And so many of us were following our own things, our own way, our own passions, our own desires. And Jesus is saying, follow me. You're looking for a completion and pleasures in the things that you're seeking, and there is only one completion. There's only one source of pleasure, and that is in following Jesus Christ. There's only one source. There's only one source. How many, how many others have tried it elsewhere? A couple honest people in the room. I'll show you how messed up it's been. I've tried, I've tried to get my completion in ministry, doing the ministry doing just the work, doing the work of the Lord. Just being in church. My goodness. Okay, I got to keep moving. Okay. First and last words, follow. Follow me. He said, occupy till I come. In other words, have dominion. Walk in authority that has been granted to us as representatives. The third un is this. And that is uncovering. The unknown, unprecedented precedents, and I believe for this coming year, uncovering. Genesis 26, 18 says this. Then Isaac dug again the wells of water, which had been dug in the days of his father Abraham. For the Philistines, the enemy, had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. And Isaac, when he opened them back up, he gave them the same names which his father had given him. 
I want to read that again. Isaac dug again the wells of water which had been dug in the days of his father Abraham. The enemy had stopped them up after the death of Abraham, and he gave them. Isaac opened them and gave them the same names which his father had given them. I want to read to you an article that I may have read portions of uh, several, several years ago um, that I just want to, I want to bring to your attention because I believe it's a new time and a new season and, uh, and, and a refreshing of this. Uh, uh, on Monday night when we were at, um, when we were at Holy Hill Chapel uh, Assembly for the service, God was leading me to share the word that he gave this church to, to share with them, that we're to be an epicenter to be an epicenter where the ripples of glory would emanate from. And uh, uh, Pastor Nikki embraced that word. I believe it's for them as, as well. Uh, there's, some significance, there's some significance to it. Um, but there are, there, we talked about some of the history and the things that have happened in Murfreesboro. You may not even, you may not even know this, uh, but there was a tremendous revival that took place in this area. I'm going to read a little bit of this of this this article. It was in the Murfreesboro Post several years ago, and I just want to 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 read it if you if you'll bear with me. But listen in on this: the religious picture was not very bright in Tennessee at the dawn of the 19th century. Many denominations were destined to have a dominant role in the religious life of Tennessee, as well as play an important role in its early settlement and development. By 1787 in America, church roles had declined as members were widely scattered and isolated. Scattered villages and boroughs began to multiply, and people had little time for religion, education, other cultural enrichment. Many came to Middle Tennessee, as history recorded, during the religion in Tennessee. There was before, there was profane, immoral, and drunken behavior. Tennessee was described as a sink of iniquity and a black pit of irreligion. Exasperated ministers and pioneers, under a cloud of despondency, began to call on the small congregations who had been meeting in cabins, barns, and even open-air sanctuaries to fast and pray. A single purpose to pray for the settlers that were coming to Middle Tennessee. These isolated congregations slowly began to conduct more services and subsequently created what was known as the revival in the West. The massive revival crossed denominational lines and was ultimately responsible for the development of settlements as pioneers moved from their cabins and barn sanctuaries into church buildings. Praise God for a church building. Many churches were erected in growing communities like Stewart's Creek, Mount Tabor, Salem, and Sulphur Springs. With extraordinary religious fervor growing out of the revivalist movement, the camp meeting was born. With their interdenominational nature, camp meetings drew unprecedented crowds. Both young and old were caught up by these events, mostly in the spring and summer. These well-publicized camp meetings by Baptists, Methodists, Presbyterians caused thousands to travel great distances, bringing provisions and equipment that would last for days. One eyewitness account documented the experience. Homes were tempor temporarily deserted, stores were closed, business was suspended, and crops were left unattended in the fields. I love this. Diversity in culture and generation, including many servants, accompanied their masters to the camp to the center of the attraction. No matter the distance or difficulty, all would take the risk to be present at what was called the Holy Fair. Prior to Civil War, camp meetings were held on a site known as Norman Campground near Elam Road area today and Black Fox Elementary School. Documented are the two pulpits erected on the grounds from which sermons would be delivered simultaneously. Mourner's benches, things I didn't know. We have altars. They had mourner's benches. They were placed in front of the pulpits because people would kneel and make heart professions. It was noted as coming through. You could hear their crying and their wailing from distances. 
when someone experienced coming through, the crowd was invigorated without restraint under the open air. The emotional magnetism transmitted into fervent exhorting, group singing, clapping, and continuous praying. Those sober matrons paid little attention to their bows and bonnets. The young men and maidens, including all the children, could be seen shouting happily with liberating, enthusiastic spontaneity. Glory to God. One of the most famous camps in Rutherford County was in the Windrow community with the first meeting held August 15, 1811. You realize that's really not that long ago. The camp was located on the western slope of a large hill just south of Murfreesboro before it was a city. The four acres given by John Windrow had a beautiful grove of dense sugar maples affording screen from the sunshine and partial protection from an afternoon summer shower. A traveling evangelist, Sterling Brown, an energetic young man who had traveled many miles to this meeting, began to preach. As in days prior, Reverend Brown exhorted the crowd while the convicting power of God began moving over the assembly. The general air of anticipation infused with the scene with a kind of intuitive awareness that this revival would be a special occasion. Having been seared with ecstasy and the energy of the moment, the result was over 350 conversions that August morning of 1820. For over 156 the Windrow Camp Revival hosted tens of thousands with its traveling circuits. This single event was responsible for three to 4,000 conversions as a whole. There is no doubt that this Holy Fair Camp at Windrow was one of the most remarkable ever held in the state. In this area, in Murfreesboro, It played a vital role in the spiritual and social life and development of Rutherford County. Ever heard of Lytle Street? How many Murfreesboroans do we have? That's a word. Oh, my goodness. Don't ask me to say it again. John Lytle, one of the early organizers of the camp at Windrow, became a prominent member of the Methodist denomination. 1823, he gave land on which the first Methodist church was built, located in the vicinity of Murfreesboro Housing Authority on Maple Street. God, things were happening when we had great-grandparents still seeking God. I'm almost done with this. In Rutherford County, our ancestors left us a path through life's wilderness. Long ago when our town was a small village of of hand-hewn log structures with settlers cutting their way through heavily timbered forests, cane and grapevines, they dropped everything to seek him. Hungry and crying out for answers, falling on their faces. History says it this way, that there was trembling with uncontrollable fervor. Many came to the altar to pray. In many instances, worshipers would get up to leave and then abruptly would rush back to the altar, not getting up until they arose praising God. Immediately, many began to sob. The sawdust floor of the enclosure was filled with people fallen, lying powerless in a state of holy unconsciousness. It was as if the whole multitude. That's in our city. That's in our area. And Isaac went back. And he dug again. The wells of his father. For the enemy had closed it up. The enemy had covered it up. And so he went back and he reopened them so that the spring could flow again. And when he did, he gave them the same names that his father had already given them. Are you making the connections? Glory to God. The work, the revival, the spirit of the Lord has been introduced into the community and most of us have been completely unaware of the connection. I had no idea how many decades this had continued. The wells have been dug. 
our responsibility to steward this in this generation is to simply uncover it and let the springs flow again. Let it flow again. Let it flow again. Let it flow again. Lord God, it is our desire to be stewards in this time to uncover what the enemy has covered up. He said, the enemy says, you, you, you don't have need for that. You don't have need for that. That's my greatest fear with the church in America is that we don't have need for that. That we can come from Sunday to Sunday and, and, and miss power. Come from Sunday to Sunday and not be transformed. God Almighty, we need this well to be opened again. I wonder if there can be people who will pray with me. Will you intercede with me right now? Will you intercede with me right now? Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we command that well of revival and outpouring and renewal, Lord Jesus, to be opened in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, unpower the Holy Spirit. We ask that that well be reopened. Lord God, we're not afraid to get our hands dirty and do the digging in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, there's some others. You need to walk with me. You need to walk with me. Come on and walk and pray. Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, we declare the well of the outpouring of the Spirit of God to be open once again. In Jesus' name. Lord, unprecedented things, unknown things. Lord God, will all come because there's an uncovering of the good things of the Lord. Lord, spring up a well within my soul. Spring up a well within me, Lord Jesus. Spring up a well. Let the fountains of the deep flow again in Jesus' name. 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 Some of you don't know what you're asking for. That's okay. There are things that I pray. I don't know what it all means. All I know is that we need an outpouring of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You're marking this day as significant. You're capturing the hearts of people, men and women, boys and girls in this room. Lord, we declare an open well, the well to be open. Lord Jesus, it was a well that was flourishing 150 years. 150 years. Hallelujah. 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 Bless the name of Jesus. Bless the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Restore your presence, oh God, your presence in this city. Thank you, God. Bless the name of the Lord. 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 I want you to, I want you to continue, continue, continue to, to pray with me while I, while I tell you this. I'm going to speak to the significance of this, of this for a moment. Because I, I knew there was, a, there was a connection that was, being, that was being made this week. Friday, Friday night after the service, this is after midnight, the prophet had asked to meet with, with Pastor Nikki and myself. And so we, 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 went, we went back to, to Pastor Nikki's office. He said he wanted to have a... A, a meeting with us. This man, first of all, is from is from the UK. He's from the UK. He certainly this is his first time ever that was in Tennessee. And firstly, he has no idea what Murfreesboro is. He said, "I saw something. God showed me something." He said that there was there was a well of revival that was dug in this city, and I'm seeing 1800s. I said, sir, I've read an article. In fact, I've read portions of it to our congregation. I have that a well of revival surely happened in this city. I can go back and, and, and show you what took place. This man doesn't, he, he, doesn't know, he doesn't know any of this. Believe me, if you want to try and find that article, you've even got to dig for the article. God, again, uses a complete stranger to say, this is what is to happen. This is what is to happen. And God is looking for people who are willing to move the dirt out of the way. Move the dirt out of the way. Move the dirt 
out of the way. Move the dirt out of the way. Move the dirt out of the way. Father, we move the dirt out of the way. Lord, we move the dirt out of the way. We move the dirt out of the way so the water can flow. We move the dirt out of the way. Lord God, let it be uncovered. Lord, so that the water can flow. So, Lord, the springs of life can flow in Jesus' name. 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 Lord, we are simply the sons of forefathers who went before us and they dug the ground and the ground was hard and they dug, they dug for your spirit they dug for your glory Lord and they found and they tapped into you they found you Lord that hundreds and thousands were saved Lord God that there were cries of repentance and of tears, there was a calling out to God Lord they made way they made way hallelujah hallelujah Lord, let us be found as sons and daughters, as stewards of your glory, to cover the wells that have already been dug. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord God, and it is the same name, the same name that is above every name, the same name above every name. We will ascribe to it the same name that our forefathers gave it. We will ascribe to it the same glory that our spiritual forefathers gave it. We will ascribe to it the same name, the name that is above every name. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I was going to ask you if you had something. I, uh, uh, like you, I'm, I'm stirred by, by this. First of all, the reality of it. I believe the seeds in fact, we were talking about, someone and I were just talking a couple of weeks ago. The seeds are in the ground. There's a scripture somewhere, I'm sorry I can't remember where it was, but where the, the tree was cut down and they thought it was dead. But out of the stump grew new growth. And somebody may think, well, that, that will never be there again. That kind of revival will never be there again. But it, there's new growth happening and that's why we're seeing things like this happening in our pastor and other ministries that are happening. But I, I couldn't help but recall, and for some reason the Lord brought this to my remembrance, the presence of God, but it's the results of the presence. And, and because a lot of what you described is the results of the presence, that people's lives were changed, souls were, were changed, and that the, the community was changed where it was a community full of sin. It became a community that was full of the holy presence of God. And there was a, a revival that we were privileged to be a part of back in Houston, Texas in the early uh, uh, 70s. And it was a heavy drug problem in that area. And we hear so much today about how, how large the drug issue is, whether it's, whether it's illegal drugs or prescription drugs. And, and people think that the answer is in legislation or in law enforcement. And all these things are limited as to what they can do as to freeing the captive. But what we saw back then, and for some reason, uh, and I believe that I know the reason the Lord has brought this up to me is that it was the results of the outpouring of God's presence and revival that what happened was that drug addicts began to be drawn to that place and we began to see a mighty move of God and drug addicts were delivered and completely freed to where that in a junior high, and I saw just something the other day that now the thing is, is that's popular is marijuana is becoming popular with young people. And because they're hearing about it so much today, and of course, uh, and I don't need to go into all, all, all what cocaine and whatever, and there was a junior high that was not far from the church that this was a prevalent problem. Some of those young people began to be delivered and saved and changed by the power of God and revival broke out in a junior high. They asked us to come 
at 7 o'clock, an hour before school started, every morning to that junior high, and 300 young people would come in assembly before, before school, and God began to save in the junior high. Young people began to come into the principal's office and throw their drugs on the principal's desk. And today, there are... There are young men that are pastoring churches that have gone around the world that were saved and delivered in that revival. This is why we need this again. Not so we can say we had revival, but so we can say this one was healed, this one was chained, this one was delivered. Because God can deliver from drugs, He can deliver from the past, He can deliver from sickness and death. Praise God for that. It's the outcome of God's glory that we need to see ahead of us right here. Amen. How many of you believe that can happen today? I know it can happen today, but he's looking for people that seek him. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everyone who is willing, stand with me. Stand with me, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, we are humbling ourselves in this moment. We're humbling ourselves for your glory, for your purposes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, forgive us for ever thinking we've got this thing figured out. Lord Jesus, we need the power that heals in a moment. Lord, we thank you for your power that delivers the captive. Things that have been struggles and issues and sin for years, God changed in a moment, transformed in a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, like the demoniac in the tombs. Like a demoniac. But when Jesus came, the city came out to see one man. You have any idea what one, one miracle of God can do that can transform? One act of God gets everyone in the city, it gets their attention. One act of God. One act of God. God is looking for a people who are not interested in promoting themselves. They're not interested in promoting or franchising their franchise church model or promoting some kind of brand of church. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Others, pray in the Holy Spirit with me if you would. Come on, use the gift. Use the gift. Use the gift. This is intercession right now. This is intercession. 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 It's not awaiting an interpretation. It's intercession. Pray in the understanding. Also pray in the Holy Spirit. Also pray in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Father, we're unashamed of your glory, of your presence, of your goodness, of your spirit. We're unashamed, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We want to be able to stand before you and say we did not deny you before men. Hallelujah. I see so many things. I see so many things. In the last month, we've only been in this church building for four months. In the last month, in the last month, month and a half, God has connected us with a beautiful Hispanic congregation. They had baptism services here. We were with a, a church, a congregation from Ghana this entire last week. I'm reading this article again and how it was, it was diverse. It was, it was interdenominational. God is bringing churches together. He's bringing people of God together who are hungry. And the denominational lines and the diverse lines are falling and they're crumbling in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God is bringing unity to the church. He's bringing unity. He's bringing unity. He's for this. I want to pray into what some of the things that Pastor was praying. God, we're not praying for this, for a revival, for us to be able to hang our hat and be able to say we've got something that the other church doesn't. Do you feel that? Glory, 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 oh God, glory, glory, glory. 
Glory, glory. God, we're asking you for something that's so great it can't even be classified as revival. Lord Jesus, something so great that we can't even put our limitations on it. We can't even identify it. Lord God, we can't even call it something except God, 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 God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Turning Point Church. To stay connected, we invite you to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on social media. If you're in the Middle Tennessee area, we'd love for you to join us for a Sunday or midweek service. God bless you and have a wonderful week.